You are listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa. Thursday, yes. where we say only Christ quenches our thirst. Yes, that means we are talking all things Jesus, we are talking all things faith, and today we have a guest, we are speaking to Pastor Trevor from Bridge Church, he is also a father and a husband as well, and he's one of the funniest pastors that I have met, but I don't know how he's going to be received this morning, I don't know if he's going <laughs> to behave a little bit, but yeah, we're ready to receive him in any way, form or shape. Good morning, Pastor Trevor. Good morning, Pastor Trevor. Good morning. Good morning, guys. It is an absolute privilege to be with you this morning. How are you guys? Yes, we are fantastic. We cannot complain. And yes, we're going to get into this conversation that we are having today. Sipo, do you want to do your free question? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just want to know, Pastor Trevor, because they already there's a high expectation you're under pressure. We are ready to laugh. You were ready to have fun because mm-hmm. we were warned in advance. But uh, if you were a, <laughs> if you were a fruit, um, what fruit would you be? What fruit really captures the essence of who you are? Oh man, I'd be a pineapple. Mm. Mm. A pineapple because it's it's a little prickly on the outside, but on the inside, it's sweetened and, and nourishing. Mm. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful, and a pineapple. And the crown part, does that have to do anything with your hair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the issue with the, with my hair is that, as you know, NK, is that I don't have a lot of it. So I think I'm a little jealous of a pineapple that has a whole lot more hair than I do. <laughs> All right, <laughs> yes. And to get, you know, to kickstart off the, the conversation, I just want to know, where does your journey with God begin? Where did mm. you and God meet? Uh, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, one of the great things I have the great benefit of having a mother who, who was absolutely committed to Jesus and she served him all her life. And even despite that, she prayed for me and all those kinds of things. But even despite that, um, I, I didn't have a real encounter with Jesus until my mid twenties. And, uh, so I never, I, I, although I, I knew of Jesus and mm. I, and I could, I could see my mother living out her faith. I, I, I didn't for some reason, uh, connect with Christ or see the value of the church and any of those things. And uh, absolutely true story. We were sitting at a pub uh, in Ravonia many years ago. And uh, I was, uh, I, I'd like to say I was drinking um, fruit juice, but I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> we a whole lot of mates. And um, we, 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 were, we had been there most of the afternoon. And at around three o'clock in the afternoon, my mate said to me, listen, hey, uh, why don't you come to church with me? Now, he wasn't a person that attended church, so this was not even something that was even expected. And, and uh, so we, we went off to church that night. And uh, to, be, to be completely frank, uh, I'd like to tell you I was sober, but I wasn't. And uh, we sat in the, in the church service and I, I didn't enjoy it. It was very different to anything I'd seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow, I can't explain this, somehow the very next week I went back, the following week I went back, the following week went back, and eventually... I, uh, I just felt this incredible tug in my heart and I committed my life to Jesus. And, uh, and that was in my mid twenties and an amazing turnaround in my life. And, uh, and I'm very, very grateful. So praying mother, and I think that that was just huge. I think that played a huge part in that process. Mm. Mm. And were you sober the weeks after? Yes. Come on now. <laughs> although, although, <laughs> although I must say, listen, you, you've got the wrong guest on your show. I'm telling you. Uh, the, 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 um, the, the, the the problem though is it took me three months to stop smoking weed. Mm. Oh, okay, all right. So you you stopped the drinking immediately, but the yes. the weed stayed along uh, a few weeks. Uh, 
Yes, I, I think deep down I thought I might have been Rastafarian, but I, I can't be certain. I, 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 I did carry on uh, for a while, and uh, you know, God's good, eh? And uh, you know, He just He was patient with me, mm. and, uh, and 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 I'm grateful. Yeah, so that's really the story. Yeah, I'm finding a teachable moment in your story, especially mm. when you're speaking about your praying mother, and then your lifestyle, and then a friend who is also not really a church person, and then inviting you to church. And that journey then starting, it could also be seen as the fruits of um, the prayers and then being answered. So I would want to know, there's a parent maybe just uh, off um, the, the list of questions that we really have. There's a parent who might be listening to you this morning and whose child is just doing mm, the beautiful. worst. Yeah. How, what, how could you encourage that particular parent to keep praying see, for that's their a- child? Yeah, that's a great question, Sibra. I, I think I think sometimes we underestimate the power of prayer, particularly mm-hmm. when we're praying for others. I mean, the, it, it, what I didn't explain there was the other facet of that story. So I want to encourage anyone, and I'll explain it. I'll touch on both because yes. it's so important. Um, my mother not only prayed for me, so she prayed for all of her kids, but she mm-hmm. obviously, we, I've got two, I, I have two sisters, and she continued to pray for all of us. But more than that, she also prayed for my father. Now, mm-hmm. the, 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 the interesting thing here is that um, about three years after I gave my life to Christ, I had the great privilege of leading my father into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. So so what ends up happening in this context as you unravel this is that my mother's prayer, not only for her kids and for her husband, all started coming together when 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 for me I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I then had the great privilege of leading my father to the person of Jesus Christ. And many years later, even after that, my sister who at the time was living in, in, in Australia, mm. um contracted just before she left she contracted ovarian cancer and uh, it spread to her liver and long story short i had the great privilege of going over to australia and i led her to christ as well mm. uh, three months before she passed away so mm. th- th- there's power in your prayer and i and, and i think even if you don't see the results my, my mm. mom prayed for my dad for 27 years mm. before he gave his life to christ so sure. 27 years of prayer 27 years of faithfulness and and, and so often we quit we we mm. pray twice Mm. I think we try and live this microwave mentality. So mm. we pray twice, we put a code into a microwave, we type in 10 seconds, or mm. we, we hope that the fast food delivery takes place. But but I think I think sometimes the, 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 the tenacity of prayer, the, the perseverance mm. of prayer brings results maybe longer than we hoped, mm. but it still comes about nonetheless. And I think that's the, my encouragement would be no matter where you are, never quit praying. Never, sure. ever, ever oh, quit right. praying. You're beautiful, mm. beautiful, and I'm, I just want to, you know, go back a little bit. I mean, you, 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 at a point where you still, you, you're still smoking weed, and you eventually stop. But how do you go from yep. being this weed smoking individual, and then now you wanna all of a sudden be a pastor? Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think when I gave my life to Christ, I, I, it, it's 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 important to recognize that I was one of the things that I think took me a long time. I probably knew I should have accepted Christ into my life a little earlier mm-hmm. in this journey, but the, 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 I was quite scared that, that if you give your life to Jesus, he's going to make you do things or want you to do things you have no interest in doing. So one of the mm. things I, I really had no, I had absolutely no interest in was becoming a full-time ministry uh, servant in any kind. So mm-hmm. a pastor wasn't on the cards, but I, 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 I really didn't want to do any of that. And, and I think, um, the the process of, of of committing my life to Christ initiated this subtle growth period, and I think we all do this, don't we? Mm. Uh, I think if you look at your lives and you go back to people that you know, there's this 
sometimes it's radical, but for the most, but but that's not as common. Normally, it's a slow process that God starts to to chip away at the things that need to be removed, mm. and He starts to sh- shift those things that need to be shifted to the point where we realize that there needs to be a greater change. And and on one particular evening, um, the senior pastor of the church I was at uh, said to me, "Listen, I, would you mind sharing a two or three minute testimony at church one Sunday night?" and uh, and and to be honest, that was terrifying and traumatic. I didn't like public speaking. It was the last thing I felt that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I did it out of out of loyalty, I guess. Um, mm. There wasn't really any other reason. And I was terrified. I I, I, I had a, a friends of mine that were praying with me. And anyway, I, in the service when the time came, I, I shared my testimony. I, to be fair, I couldn't. I can't tell you what I said or, or anything. I was so nervous. I, I don't remember anything. But as I sat down, the Holy Spirit said to me. This is what I want you to do for, for me full time. And um, it was in that moment that I realized that my greatest fear of public speaking was going to be the, the thing that I have to that I have to overcome with the work of the Holy Spirit so that I could live out what God had called me to do. And uh, I settled that. Um, I, I think I, I'm not very clever, so I'm not a sharp guy by any stretch. So I think mm-hmm. out, of, out of just being a little, a little tenacious is about all it is, I, I settled. I said, hey, listen, I'm going to accept that. If that's what God's calling me to do, and that's what I feel He's calling me to do, I'm going to let Him to do, do the work in me. And about seven years after that, after that moment, I, I stepped into full time ministry in, mm. as a youth pastor, and looking after various other things in the church. And it was just a great honor, and I and I'm so grateful for that call. What a beautiful opportunity to serve Jesus, and I love it. Mm. Mm, At what point I did you really feel? the most comfortable in accepting because a lot of people have that hesitation about I don't I, I, I hear God but God don't even think about this you know <laughs> <laughs> so what, yeah. at what point do you really say okay now I, 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 I accept it I also embrace this walk as a pastor and what has been some uh, of the challenges you've uh, or misconceptions yeah. around being a pastor Okay, that's, so the, the two-sided question is, I think, of what you're asking is, how did you know when I was settled and what are the misconceptions? Yes. I'll, I'll tackle, yes. tackle the first one first. And I think, see, but I, think I, I think where the challenge comes in is Scripture says that, that, that God's Word is a lamp to our feet. Mm. And, to, and, and, and that implies directly that it's one small step at a time, right? Mm. It, it, he's not a spotlight into our future. He's a lamp to our feet. Mm, mm, which mm. which which means when you and I are on this journey, we are often mm. looking for this incredible spotlight that lights mm. up the future with absolute clarity, all the details filled in. And we're hoping to have all of the answers on the table Beautiful. before we make the next decision. Mm. But when we recognize that he's a lamp to our feet, God's typically showing us one step at a time. And and and, and I think the reason that's the case is because if we could see all that God could see for us, I think we'd be terrified that we wouldn't be able to live up to that expectation or that we're not gifted enough or educated enough. But the reality is that one step at a time takes us a little bit closer. So for me, in my journey to come become settled on this was to recognize that I don't have all the answers and that if I'm convinced that God is calling me to this, and I was, I have to just simply take one step at a time. And maybe that's why from the time I knew I was called to full-time ministry until the time I stepped into ministry took seven years. I think for me, it was a journey of taking one step at a time, learning, coming to terms with something, 
coming to terms with what my, my insecurities and my failings and all the things I didn't know. And, and, I, and I think that's a lesson for all of us when we, listen, when we work with God. Again, I think we live in this instant mentality. We, we like instant coffee. We like fast food. We mm. like all of those things. But yeah. the best things in life take time. And, and, and I think it's the process of accepting that time uh, that shapes who we are. So that would be like, I guess, the first thing, that, mm-hmm. the first point. Does, it, does that answer your question, Sipu? Beautiful, beautiful. So much. Like you said so much. <laughs> I, if, I'm almost falling off my chair. I'm emotional about that response because, yeah. Uh, yeah, you answered it. And I also just heard God say a lot in between that line. So mm, thanks a lot beautiful. for that. Beautiful, yeah. Then the, the second question I think you asked was the, the misconceptions of being a pastor. And, and, and I think this is huge in the South African context. In fact, I think it's true in the African context, in fact, anywhere in the world. But I think sadly, um, sadly people view pastors, I, I think, in one of three ways. Uh, and uh, the one way is that, you know, people think of pastors as those people who were uh, inept or unable to do anything else of value, and ended up settling mm. into this as an easy job or an easy journey. Sure. So there's a so, so there's a there's a lack of respect in some contexts. Mm-hmm. Then there is the other perspective that you know the, the more cynical people in the in, in, on the planet go, oh no, these people are just out to earn easy money. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in and, and in real terms, that is unfortunately sometimes the truth, and and we need to be aware of that. And unfortunately, the first way is also unfortunately in some cases the truth. So we need to realize that there's truth in every criticism Mm -hmm. but thirdly which i think is perhaps equally dangerous if not the worst and most dangerous is that sometimes pastors particularly in south africa in the african context can be revered as perfect faultless Mm -hmm. uh spiritual gurus who are all powerful and everything they say is the absolute gospel word of god and i think that's most destructive because as we know this leads to abuse of power abuse of money abuse of people people are hurt and desperately um misguided and it causes incredible amount of pain mm-hmm. um, but but I think the, the the correct perspective of pastorship or the full-time ministry calling mm. and I think this is really important for for all of us and and and, and, and I I really hope this is how people view to view me and our church and and every other pastors that that, 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 that I, I respect and love and and that is that we are imperfect people just like everybody else Mm. that we're on a journey towards Christ-likeness, just like everybody else, mm. uh, and that we have a call that is perhaps slightly different, and that call is to help to reach and equip followers of Christ to become more like Him. Mm. Uh, and maybe to say it differently, to equip people, if you like, to reflect Jesus and to trust Jesus in an increasing manner mm. and an increasing measure. Mm. So. There is the, the pastors are flawed. All of us are. Mm. We, we, we are imperfect, every one of us. Mm. But it is a specific call for 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 us to lay down perhaps the corporate culture that we love, or the giftings that we thought we wanted, or the finances that we hoped we'd achieve, and mm. and to lay all of that down for the express purpose of helping people to reflect Jesus. And to trust him in increasing measure, and I think that that would be a healthier perspective. Mm. Because really, in South Africa, we we have to South Africans have to recognise 
And across the planet, we have to recognize that the celebrity pastor is not the goal. We need to be mm. servants. And if we can be effective servants, it changes everything. Mm. Absolutely Amen. beautiful. Amen. We're going to, you know, get dive into more of the conversation. When we come back, we want to ask you the question, you know, you've mentioned already about some of the main misconceptions. And I think that, you know, speaks to some of the challenges that you experience as a pastor, you know, in terms of running a church. But I'm sure there are a lot of people that want to maybe get into the space one day or don't even know that they might be called into the space one day. So we want to give them a realistic outlook in terms of yes. what are some of the sure. challenges that you experience as a pastor running a church because where there's people, there are problems. <laughs> so while you think about that, we're just going to play a few ads and then when we come back, you can answer that question. Beautiful. At K-Divine Projects, we provide a wide range of products from the supply of general office stationery to other consumable products. We offer the following services. General office stationery supplies, fruit and veggie supplies, supply of perishable and non-perishable food items, bottle water supply, tissue paper supply, cleaning supplies, mask and sanitizer supplies. We supply corporate companies, private companies and the government with a complete office solution. Don't hesitate to contact us on 076-770-4988 or email us at kdivproject at yahoo.com. KDivide, your dedicated, reliable service provider. My strength is for protection, not harm. My words to build, not shatter. My resources to uplift, not exploit. Hope Alive Radio condemns and stands against all forms of gender-based violence. No human life should suffer at the hands of another. Together, let's stop this pandemic, eroding our society and humanity. Hope Alive Radio, shaping minds for a better future. If you're just joining us, the time is 27 minutes past 8 and it's a Thirsty Thursday where we have our guests and everything about Thirsty Thursday is leading back to Christ being mm -hmm. the one that quenches our thirst. We're in conversation with Pastor Trevor from Builders Church, Bridge, uh, Bridge Church, mm -hmm. sorry, and uh, we have been unpacking his journey, how he met God, some of the habits he had to let go of mm -hmm. and the challenges and, and how he deals with the misconceptions of what pastors and the, what many people perceive a pastor to be. Mm -hmm. So now we want to dive into the challenges that yes. comes with being a lead pastor mm -hmm. or a pastor in general, just working with people on the day-to-day, -day, being mm -hmm. about God's business because not everybody receives you accordingly. Yes. We're still on the line, pastor? Yes, yes, 100%. All um, right, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think that's a great question and I, and I think one of the 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 the, the the misconceptions often with churches and church leadership in particular is that church is different uh, from a business. And, and I think there's truth to that. Of course, there's truth to that because a, a church's primary objective is different. It's not a profit-making enterprise. But, mm -hmm. but if we're going to be uh, truly honest with ourselves, we need to look at running a church uh, in a context that is not too dissimilar to running any organization is it? I, I guess it's this. It's affected by the economy. It's affected by social factors and, of course, political influences, just like any other organization. And uh, it does need to be run well um, from a fiscal perspective, and of course, from um, from human resource perspective. And, and we need to be organized and, and efficient. And I think that's really, really important. But I think the primary difference is 
uh, from a, a, a normal organization, if you, like, if, if, if you want to term it that in a church, is that a church has its founding purpose in preaching the word of God mm-hmm. and, and equipping people um, spiritually and hopefully to raise you know, a future generation of spiritual leaders. So we're not selling a product or a service. Uh, and therefore, many factors influence the level of commitment mm. of those who are part of that church. Yeah. Uh, so, so again, so again, the challenge is how, how do we remain creative? Let's say uh, in a society that is um, filled with lots of alternatives. How do we remain creative without being gimmicky? Uh, how, how do we remain effective in preaching and the word of God and reaching people far from Jesus? How do we meet the needs of people in, in, in society, the different needs, different contexts, different people from different walks of life? And how do we make a real difference? And and for some churches, uh, that's a little bit more difficult than others, simply because of, of the size of the church or the location of the city they're in. But also it's dependent on their financial and human resource. It can mm. be really, really tough. And 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 particularly in this in this particular season, yes. uh, if you think of, of, of the of the pandemic, uh, you know, city churches typically have the have a little bit more access to to data and and, mm. and online um, facilities. But there are thousands of church churches in our nation and and, and across Africa and across the world that that when are, they are unable to meet physically. Uh, are unable to serve their community, mm. uh, and and sadly, and sadly, when you're unable to meet, this is just the simple raw nature of the life. If, when churches are unable to meet, in many cases, that means that people don't bring finance and so into the into the work of God. So mm. not only does that, so not only does it impact the, the, our ability to reach people physically, but it does have a financial impact, and so that can be a challenge in in the modern society. A, a, another one, for example, is that churches churches function best when they are in physical contact with each other, mm. and and this is huge. This is huge. Um, we, I think we must be careful not to get um, wrapped up in the idea that online is the solution for everything. Because let's face it, uh, before Jesus was born, just to create an analogy, it's not a great analogy, but it'll give you context. Before Jesus Kate was born onto this planet, he was online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, he, when he was born... When he was born, yes. he became in person. Mm-hmm. God ca- mm. became man mm. and put flesh on him. Mm. And as a direct result of that, there was this meaningful connection with humanity. God, mm. God rec- recognized and designed humanity to be formed in such a way that there would be this intimate, in-person, physical connection with humanity and God mm. the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So we function best when we together. The church works best in physicality. So mm. when that is removed, that creates that creates challenges. Mm, and uh, and so those things are challenges. I really like. Uh, I, no, I, I really like what uh, you are touching on. You reminded me of the old song that we used to sing at church: "Jesus on the main line." <laughs> Tell him what <laughs> you want. <laughs> so he, it's important that we gather. But mm-hmm. I also want to touch on as we are speaking about the COVID situation and how it's really impacting churches. Sometimes being in the township churches or in the city churches, we really don't think about the effect that it has on outside. You know, mm-hmm. um, people who are more yeah. in rural areas and stuff. But I want to touch a little bit about the unrest that took place in the past two weeks Mm -hmm. which brought about as well conversations of race in the forefront once again and as a country we're still healing from that space what do you think um is the role of the church today and how can we bridge this gap of unity and and reconciliation and healing yes i think i think this is so important because uh 
the nature of who who we are as followers of Christ, therefore, it, it gets brought to the fore. It, it, it's this innate importance of us to be more like Christ. So, I, I would say it like this. I'd, I'd step I'd, I'd step back, back one a little bit to answer this question accurately. I, I mentioned earlier that I think people, pastors are imperfect people on a on a journey towards Christ likeness, just like everybody else. And I think this is true. Uh, which means that there's an important question uh, to answer this important question. We need to look at two things. Firstly, we need to look at Jesus's words. And, and if you don't mind me just, just reading this very quickly, I think mm-hmm. this is so important. Matthew 22 verse 37, um, Jesus's instruction to mankind. And he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And I think for most of us as followers of Christ, we, we like that. And we're and we're able to start thinking through those processes and go, yeah, I think I can love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. And then Jesus says, this is the greatest commandment. He says, the second is equally important. And this is where I think we get it hopelessly wrong. Mm. This is important. Love your neighbor mm. as yourself. Mm. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So mm. firstly, firstly, this is an instruction that Christ gave us and that it applies to everyone. In other words, love God, love people. In fact, those are two of the values we adopt in our church. Love God, love, love, love people. This is our mandate, which means that everybody who calls themselves a follower of Christ as a result of being on this journey to become more Christ-like should obey him in all areas of life, which means we should also obey him in the area of loving your neighbor as yourself. So if we're going to love each other as our neighbor, and if we're going to love each other like we love ourselves, then we need to bridge the the gap between black and white, men and women, rich and poor. In fact, we need to remove any kind of prejudice of every kind. Mm. Uh, And and followers of Christ need to take this seriously. Uh, We really need to love people irrespective of their gender, ethnicity, religious views, or social standing, or anything like that. And, And that means as pastors, we are called to equip the body of Christ, the people of the church for mm. works of service, which is all about serving each other. And then of course, to build up the church. This is more build up, not break down. Mm. Build up. And, and, and we need, and we therefore have an, an obligation to encourage unity. And I think the church plays a role in that. Unity matters. Mm. And, and, and Christ died for, for all of humanity. Christ died not only to restore our relationship with God, mm but to instill a greater and deeper intimacy between man and man, mm. woman and woman. It's this idea that you and I need to realize that if we are going to follow the, the most important instruction Christ gave us, mm. then not only should we love God, but we also need to love each other. Mm. And, uh, and, and that's much easier said than done because differences are, are, are innately hard to, to accept. Mm. And, cultural differences then become a big issue. And when we look at the context of South Africa, if there's, if there are those who are inciting racial disunity, we need to, we need to be kind enough and caring enough and loving enough to, uh, to ignore those, uh, those insightful commands and those divisive things and, and choose instead to, 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 to accept one another, mm-hmm. love one another, just as Christ asks us to. And I think that's the, that's part of the parcel of the, of the role of the church, definitely. Mm, absolutely so beautiful. Much. And I think, Pastor Trevor, a lot of people are maybe scared to become, you know, to make a decision for Jesus Christ, probably because they feel as though Christians are boring. So, yeah, to almost close off the conversation, because we are out of time, I want to ask you, what do you sure. do for fun so that people can know <laughs> that, you know what, being Christian or being saved or even being a pastor is not boring? Yeah. I think that I think in principle we've got to be careful that um, as followers of Christ we don't become one 
one-sided monolithic thinkers. Mm -hmm. And um, because we love Jesus, that's important. But Jesus did not become isolated in his own relationship with God. Mm -hmm. He was still relevant and and important. So for me, I I, I think I I have multiple interests, but I I love spending time with family. I I love to travel. I love to ride my dirt bike bike with friends and family. I I, I enjoy being a little bit naughty without being... um, Without breaking the, the word of God and, yes. and without being, without being, being sinful, <laughs> not yeah, without, without being sinful. <laughs> I love you've that. You've got to be a, you've got to be, you've got to be a pineapple. You've got to yeah. have some fun. You've got to enjoy life. Yeah. I think, I think we, we, if we're a little cheeky, we, we 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 play around with each other. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Mm. I, I think you can make a massive difference to people around you. Just uh, wrapping up our conversation mm-hmm. and uh, receiving also your parting shots, uh, your parting words rather, in about uh, two minutes. Um, what is the one thing that has kept you uh, steady in the faith? Mm-hmm. What is this one thing where you say it preserves me in my walk mm-hmm. with God? I, I think that's that's probably the easiest question for me to answer because mm. it's, it's based on a simple promise. Mm. And in Matthew six thirty three, Christ teaches us, seek the kingdom of God above all else, mm. live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Mm. And, and that promise is powerful, super, because it puts Jesus first. And in the midst of difficulties, pandemic difficulties, financial difficulties, health difficulties, whatever it looks like, we can rest assured that if we are putting Christ above everything, mm-hmm. and if we are putting serving his will above everything, and we choose as best we can to live according to that word and to try and obey him as best we can, mm. we can be certain that he will give us and everything that we need. In other words, he'll supply the needs we have take care of us where we need to take where we need to be taken care of and that our journey with him will grow stronger and stronger and that that sustaining promise helps me in pretty much every context in every facet of my life and I, and I really find that when we put god first mm. it's amazing what follows mm. beautiful I think that's a brilliant way and place to uh, end our conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to really be a versal Mm -hmm. and speak God's heart to us. Mm -hmm. We appreciate you. We look forward one day to have you in studio. Yes. Uh, What an honor to be with you guys. Thank you for the invite. God bless you guys. Carry on doing the great work you're up. Thank Thank you you so much. Have a blessed day. What a beautiful conversation. Mm -hmm. We're going to just uh, seal that, all of that with... You are listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa.